Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm crying because I'm laughing so hard at myself. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great segue. <laughs> my friend are listening to the happy hearthstone the longest running hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards this is the dentist's favorite episode episode 230 i'm guy grumpy host of this show with uh, noodle swoop my good friend uh helping me out as always the show is brought to you by our lovely listeners uh just like you Thank you so much to Ridiculous Hat, Beef Squatch, James W. for making this happen. If you'd like to join them, it's only $1 a month to show your support for the show at patreon.com slash thehappyheartstone. We've got a good one today. Our good friend Sway Bay is going to join us to talk about the new stuff in Battlegrounds. Uh, Sway, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, everyone. How's it going? Uh, I'm Sway Bay. I am a self-proclaimed Hearthstone memer. Um, I really enjoy making ridiculous things happen in Battlegrounds. And I just have such a love for the game. Really excited to talk about it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're excited to have you here, too, as well. Uh, so this wouldn't be the happy Hearthstone, though, if we didn't uh, at least find out what's making people happy. Uh, so, Sway, do you have uh, something that's been really making you happy lately? Yes. Okay, I'm going to take you on a little tale, okay? Uh, so Perfect. in my backyard, like se several weeks ago, a bird built a nest very close to my front door or back door. Um, and these two birds, like... That there's a lot of hawks in my area, so I was really afraid of the future of this little bird family. Um, but they, they, had, they had little baby birds. And then like two days ago, I found like a dead bird in the side of my yard. And I was like, this cannot be the mother bird. This is not this can't be true. But then I went outside literally earlier today and the mama bird is feeding the baby birds and they're a happy, healthy bird family. And it made me really happy to see. So that's making me happy right now. Oh, that's so sweet. That's awesome. Always good to have positivity, especially right in your backyard. <laughs> yeah, they're they're really fun to watch. Like the little the little baby birds. I actually tweeted about it earlier. They're just like all they do is eat and they just chill. And I mean, aside from like the whole danger aspect of, of living in the wild, which they don't even know because they're little baby birds. That it's a it's a pretty cool life. So so wait, you tweeted about baby birds. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh, sorry. No. It, was, it was it was right there. I had to had to had to take it. <laughs> you can't leave that one. I sure. missed that completely. I'm so happy you got that. <laughs> so, um, Guy Grumpy, what's making you happy? Uh, I've been kind of putting this one off, but it's really the new job for me. Uh, it's been 
night and day change uh, from what I was doing to what I'm doing now. So I'm really excited to have that opportunity. And um, yeah, it's great to feel productive again. Excellent. Excellent. I love that. About yourself. Um, so for me, it's, I, I, th- I also think I, I have to say new job too. Um, I'm actually going to do some training with it. And, uh, I'm one of those, like the, when I first started, they were like, this job is going to be really detailed oriented. Don't feel like you are, uh, going too fast. Like if you need to ask questions, ask questions, realize it's going to be a lot to learn. And, um, I am now just at like three weeks in and I feel like I've already assimilated everything because of my previous history before when I was in the military, a lot of that applies to my current job. And so um, it's actually very easy for me. And um, the one thing that I like is I feel like I'm already adding value to the team. So it's really cool. Mm -hmm. It's just to feel like that, that feeling of like, I I'm glad I got the job because of this is where I fit. Awesome. That's awesome. I love that. So, but uh, we didn't come on here to talk about my job. We came on here to talk about amazing changes to Battlegrounds, right? And I know there's a lot of big changes. Before we even get into the changes, anything that you want to say, Sway, about Battlegrounds as a whole? Um, I mean, I think that this change from our previous body meta into this Naga meta right now, uh, I called it Naga Prime last night, and it feels very appropriate because this is like right now, but this is Nagas are are just fresh, pre-nerf, pre-buff, just we're we're getting a vibe for everything that Naga has to offer. And it's a, like a, almost a full like 180 flip from where we were at with buddies. So it's it's very hard, I feel like, for especially players that came in during buddy meta to kind of get used to a very, very different play style that we're looking at now. Excellent, excellent. I and I do feel like it is a big change. I mean, it feels like even with like a return to prior to the buddy's arrival, it's still even different from that because of some of the changes that we're going to talk about when it comes to the patch. But to start off, we have um, let's just talk about the patch now. So some general updates happened with the patch 23.2, which is for the rise of the Naga. They reset the ratings, uh, so everyone starts back off at zero. Buddies left, which is what we've already talked about. The cost of Tavern Tier 5 has reverted to 9 gold. And heroes with transforming hero powers can now see the next stage of their hero power by hovering over it. And cards and hero powers with the text for the next combat uh, or for the next combat only have just been uh, turned into until next turn just to make consistency and spacing changes. Uh, then, and then we have the new minion type that has been added in, which is Naga. Uh, Naga will be added to Bob's Tavern, and they are spell-focused minions with a unique keyword of spellcraft. Minions with the spellcraft keyword grant a temporary spell each turn that tends to give a buff for the next combat. For the first two weeks of the patch, Naga will be guaranteed in every lobby, Afterwards, they will go into the normal rotation of minion types in any given game. The total number of minion types available every game won't change. It's just that there's an extra minion type that sits on the sideline while you're playing. So you still get five minion types. Uh, so the new hero that we have is Queen Ashara. Ashara's ambition is her hero power, which is passive. And when you reach a war- warband total of 30 
total attack, you begin a Naga Conquest. And when your Naga Conquest begins, Queen Ashara transforms into Naga Queen Ashara and gets the new hero power of uh, Naga Conquest. One gold, discover a Naga. And players that have Battleground perks will have early access to the hero before it formally releases on May 24th. So I want to, can I talk about like three things that you just talked about? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I didn't like, I didn't know if we were going through and then I was like, okay. I was waiting for any injects. You could always inject at any point. Feel free. Okay. 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 That's what we predicted for. (laughs) So, so (laughs) let me, let let me backtrack a little bit here then. Okay. Um, I think that there's, there's a really, really important thing in this general update here i mean aside from buddies leaving uh, mmr reset the cost to upgrade to tavern tier 5 has been reverted to start at nine gold that i think that's such an important change um specifically because like in buddy meta right everyone was trying to play for tempo like there's a lot of uh like we can we, i i don't know if i w- really want to like get into the curves but like in general staying on tier one longer was a really beneficial thing where it's not so much a beneficial thing anymore. In fact, uh, one game I played yesterday, I went four on four. And then another game I played, I went five on five. Uh, And that's like, that should tell you how incredibly important it is to get to Tavern Tier 6 right now. So the fact that it's nine gold to go up to five is so, so incredibly huge. It was almost discouraged in buddy meta. And now it's like, let's, let's get all the way up there. Let's do this thing. Yeah, so I, I felt that way, too. During the buddy matter, you didn't want to, like, ramp yourself, right? You wanted to kind of, like, go gradually with each tavern tier, kind of in that slower pacing. But now what you're saying is, is now that the change to nine gold, it makes it so that way it's much easier for you to kind of, like Omo used to do, where you ramp up to tier, tavern tier six as fast as you could, so that way you get access to those really powerful minions. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a lot of uh, the it seems to be the even tiered minions right now are, are definitely some of the most powerful two, four and six are really great, great places. Well, not two, but four and six are great places to triple into. Um, and I do find myself like greeting that like, OK, well, I can triple into a five or a six sometimes, depending on what what uh, minion types are in because of this nine gold revert. I think it's such an important change. Yeah, and and understanding that pacing, I think that's what separates the difference between like some of those entry entry level uh, battleground players and then some of those higher tier battleground players. Like understanding, okay, if I spend this gold here, that means I'm slowing down my progression on the tavern tiers. Or if I rush it, I need to guarantee or try to make sure that I snag like a really powerful minion at that top tier. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if you if like yesterday, my five on five game, I, I somehow managed to to swing and get into the top four in that game. I can't remember what place I got, but it was looking kind of kind of risky for a second uh, because, you know, going five on five, that's five turns where I'm taking, you know, anywhere from two to 11 damage a turn, uh, depending on where my opponent was at and what my opponent was choosing to do. And that's something that like I think in those those mid MMR places, it makes climbing a little bit challenging because people are still learning the appropriate times to greed your tavern and the appropriate time to tempo. So like a lot of the times when I greed, it's because the shop is not I can't justify spending gold in a shop where I could just level and potentially just get better minions in the following shop. But again, that can also backfire because you can absolutely roll just not the good minions and 
die very, very swiftly and on turn eight or nine. But it, it, sometimes it's a risk you got to take. You could still get, you know, your tavern tier up to tavern tier five and then open up the tavern and there's all level one <laughs> minions inside there. So I, I get it. <laughs> yep, and that's when Bob just doesn't want you to win that game. And you <laughs> just go on to the next one. All right. Uh, another thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, the spellcraft introduction, okay. um, which I'm sure we're going to be talking about a lot as we go through the minions and go through the rest of the patch notes. But there I, in addition to being a self-proclaimed Hearthstone memer, uh, Bran Bronzebeard is literally my favorite minion of all time. Um, I will I will take a second Bran just for the opportunity to triple to a third more times than I won't. Uh, but Spellcraft has actually made Bran more not irrelevant, but a lot less relevant. And a lot of people had like mixed opinions on Bran. You either love him or you hate him because he has so much power with that double battle cry. But I think that the spellcraft introduction really takes power away from Bran, which is a very important change to the game. Well, I mean, even when it came to standard, if you could give me a double Bran, I would take that any day. So <laughs> <laughs> let alone three of them. But I, I do understand because spellcraft, it's not a battle cry, right? So those minions, they provide you the spell and they do the, the first time you play them as well as each successive turn but they don't actually it's not a battle cry so you don't get two of those spells if you have brand on the board it's only the battle cries where you would get double of it exactly and with with the naga and a lot of the really powerful naga minions which we'll get into the spellcraft spells are so much more important than any battle cry will ever be so having a brand on your board even like a baron on your board is not really a, a really strong point anymore like having these Naga that are synergetic with Spellcraft is so much more valuable than having Bran or Baron right now in specific Naga comps. All right. Well, let's get talking about some of these uh, minions. So that way we have an idea of what we're even kind of getting into. So starting off at Tavern Tier 1, we have Mini Myrmidon. It's a 1-3 uh, Naga with a Spellcraft of give a minion plus 2 attack until next turn. So I, I love this. And it's so cute. It's it's so cute, isn't it? Um, I think it's the cutest card in Battlegrounds right now, for sure. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> oh, yeah. OK, OK, I could see that. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely in like the top three for me. Cute cat up there. Brand being number one. <laughs> OK, but the uh, the ability of like the spellcraft ability of this mini Myrmidon of giving plus two attack next turn makes it pretty like it, not that really in this meta you're worried about being winning turn one or like even getting that attack value, which was a really hard switch for me. I don't know about you guys, but when you're playing this game and you're like, OK, I need to get as much attack as possible because I need to finish my body meter and switching th from that mindset. I still have a hard time with that every now and then, even with the amount of games that I've played at this point. Yeah, understanding that buddy meter kind of was filled up by winning each successive turn. So um, knowing to that you can kind of ramp or you don't necessarily always have to pick the best minion early on. Um, it is kind of a a different thing to consider, but sometimes you're you're looking at trying to get value as well. Like, is there a way that I can on the next turn be even better off? 
So that's why you would grab something like Shell Collector, which is a 3-1 with a battle cry of add a golden coin to your hand. I think that this is such a good unit. I, I've talked about this and like it's probably in the top two or three Naga for me because of the economy. I, I was talking about this yesterday, but I think that what has happened to tier one, like first we saw tier one be like pretty useful with economy between having that tide hunter and the alley cat. Like there was some economy. Um, it was pretty fun to play with Shutterwalk when you could like kind of abuse that token creation. Uh, what? You could you could use it to your advantage, <laughs> the token creation. Uh, but now tier one is is a pretty effective economy tier, which I really, really like. Very, very rarely do you stay on tier one unless you're a hero that needs to do it for a one cost hero power. Maybe your Gallywix also. But aside from that, you're you're pretty much staying on or you're leveling pretty immediately. But Shell Collector does help you kind of play those greedy turns with the economy. Yeah, and I, I actually remember, I, I think I even watched you play a game where Bran now was involved, and because it it's a battle cry, it's not spellcraft, you actually ended up with so much economy out of finding these shell collectors as you're making your way through each shop, and being able to like just churn out turns where you're you're high apm and all of a sudden you're like all your minions on the board are extremely buffed and you found exactly the things that you wanted versus having to pick something in the shop just because that's the shop you were on it's it's kind of amazing to see uh that they brought brought into play something that was so, so economy centric and easy to find as well especially at tavern tier one Absolutely. And like one of the, the tier sixes that we'll talk about later does buff your board every time a spell is played. A gold coin is a spell. So this is one situation where if you do have a brand on your board and you do have this tier six Naga that's just incredibly powerful, you can cycle shell collectors and you can get that economy because shell collector is free. You get two gold and then you can sell back your unit. That's a whole three gold you're getting back just from buying it. And you also get two buffs with that unit. It's just so powerful kind of reminiscent of like a free dealing gambler as well except for you know when you have this is it salty looter right (laughs) on the board he he gets an increase and you know sometimes when you have some other pirates as well yeah that salty looter kind of does the same thing but it feels like there's even more even more benefits from being able to throw those coins out especially when uh, Nagas are so concerned about spells being played and coins counting as spells. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of Shell Collector. Uh, excellent. So we'll move on to the next uh, Spellcraft-centric minion, which is the Deep Sea Angler on Tavern Tier 2. It has 2 attack and 2 health, and has a Spellcraft of given minion plus 3 health and taunt until next turn. So I, I actually found a pretty cool... It, it, it wasn't like a like a big secret find or anything, but a pretty cool interaction with this deep sea angler. Um, I the the thing that I say almost like five to six times a day, I feel almost is never taunt your largest unit. It makes it very targetable. Like you can always taunt other units in addition, but then your largest unit at the end of the game can instantly be sniped by a poison. It's just not a good thing to do. It's not a good place to be. Um, So this unit can temporarily give you taunt and then if you play like the arm of the empire on tier three, that gives attack buffs to taunted units, but you don't have to keep that taunt, which is a really interesting interaction. Having a temporary taunt on a unit that stays on your board seems really cool to me. 
So you end up getting multiple buffs as well because of those uh, combinations. Kind of an interesting way of uh, kind of putting some of the different cards together. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a good card. You just have to be careful about playing that one with another tier two, which we're going to get to in a couple seconds. <laughs> the Snell Cavalry, which is our other tavern tier two um, Naga that has five attack and two health. And once per turn after you cast the spell, it gains plus two health. So this isn't the, the one that I was referring to without having to be oh, okay. careful about. <laughs> <laughs> but but this one is I think that this one's a solid tempo Naga. You know, if you find it on curve, like you just get to tier two, you're on five gold. This is offered to you and you have a mini Myrmidon. That's a really nice combo because you have the spellcraft from the mini Myrmidon. And you also get this nice little five four immediately on your board. And that two health does stay. So it's it's a, a good way to like get a nice little tempo unit to kind of grow while you're while you're leveling. And and that means that it'll constantly kind of scale as you're going along. It's kind of one of those minions. I feel like um, sometimes your earlier minions, they they're ones that you end up uh, just putting on the board for the time being, but then selling almost immediately. Sometimes I feel like it, if you can get its health high enough, the Snell Cavalry can actually be something you hold on to and all the way until the end of the game, because if you can give it taunt permanently, that its health could just continue to scale all the way. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a bad line. Granted, there's also another Tavern Tier 2 minion that, that you were talking about that scales even more, and that is the Lava Lurker, which is a 2-5 Naga with... The first spellcraft spell cast on this each turn is permanent. Yeah, this minion is absolutely broken. This minion is so incredibly good. Uh, there, there are instances in which you won't get your full value of having a lava lurker. Definitely, you you have to get it at a certain time in the game. You have to get it pretty early in the game to get the value of it. And but if you if you start scaling it, this is where you have to be careful because. I have I have had shops where I found the deep sea angler that gives a minion plus three health and taunt and the lava lurker at, in the same shop. And then you're like, cool, let's start building this. I have a spellcraft. Let me play this and make it a permanent taunt. But then six, seven turns down the line when your lava lurker is like the largest unit on your board by far because it's been able to scale like you're going to be very unhappy that it's taunted because it can immediately get punched and destroyed by Leroy, by so many other Oh, yeah, that's a that's a good word of warning. I know I actually had a game earlier today. I played a little bit right before we recorded where I got two of them, the two two lava lurkers. And then I had uh, the, a few of the other minions that would like buff per the Nagas that you had. And then I was getting giving them divine shield and wind fury. And I was like, this is amazing. But I was like offered a triple. I was like, no. <laughs> get out of here with that <laughs> the triple version is a little bit nice though because you do the first two spellcraft spells are permanent so like you do get double the buffs but also that is one very 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 large liability on your board and but meanwhile for me i was like i've, I've made both of them big they both have divine shield and they both have wind fury i'm like i don't want to turn this into one minion that's that's one current is one big minion that I can continue to buff. But instead I have two 
decently sized minions that actually are are continuing to be able to take on uh individual buffs and bonuses too so i i I don't know sometimes i feel like it's better to keep them as two separate but that's that's my opinion so far no absolutely i definitely agree with you and like it's a little bit easier to avoid accidental triple with with naga like you 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 could accidentally like if you if you get one of the tier sixes that lets you discover a naga and there's uh there's a unit that we're, we're about to talk about that uh triggers the spellcraft at the end of turn you could accidentally triple that way but it's that's pretty much the only line in which that happens so keeping those two large units definitely better so speaking of which the storm scale siren that's the one you're talking about is our five four uh, Naga with at the end of your turn, your spellcraft minions cast their spells on themselves. This is one of the most important parts of a board right now. If you're playing a spellcraft Naga board, having a storm scale siren can make or break the amount of scaling that you can do end game. Yeah. And also not getting one also feels like it's like when you feel like you you have that tempo going and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, it's Tavern Tier 3 and I don't have one. And then you're like, Tavern Tier 4, still don't have one. Tavern Tier 5, I'm dead because I didn't get one. <laughs> right, and it's it's not it's not the worst, worst thing until you're at the end game and we, that Tier 6 that I've talked about, that's so incredibly powerful. Like, there's so much massive scaling that happens in, at the end of your turn when the Storm Scale Siren pops off all the spellcrafts and all those spells are played and this six, this tier six minion just absolutely builds your board all of a sudden out of nowhere. And speaking of scaling, then we also have the shoal commander, which is our two, two Naga from tavern tier three that has the spell craft. Give a minion plus one plus one for each friendly Naga until next turn. This is arguably one of, one of the more important Naga to have because you do have the, 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 all of the other Naga provide some kind of incremental scaling. Like it's plus one, plus one wind fury, plus three health, plus two attack. Like there's not a lot of like really hefty scaling, but if you fill your board with Naga and then you play the shoal commander, that's like plus six, plus six, plus seven, plus seven. That's a lot of scaling in one turn that you're going to get repeatedly every single turn. And when you talk about being able to keep it permanently on like the lava lurker and also it's casting it on itself because of the storm scale siren, I feel like you're you're really happy to have that on the board, um, giving you the spellcraft to cast as well as casting it on itself. It, it kind of like you can see how ha- having them all together synergizes very well once once you see each success of Naga that, that's in the the group. Yes, this is this is a very, very important Naga to have endgame if you are playing a full Spellcraft Naga board. So then we have Pashmar the Vengeful, which is our also Tavern Tier 3. Avenge 3, get a Spellcraft spell of your tier or lower. Absolutely. Another, just such a good unit. Like, I, I, I cannot tell you how much this little oh, this three can do do you remember um doomsayer right in, in like the first like avenge introduction when there was there was doomsayer who would give you a demon and it was on tavern tier three and it was a three avenge do you remember that yep <laughs> and it would provide you way too much value way absolutely way busted. too much value and, yes. and 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 i remember it was like 
the thing to do. If demons were in, you were like, all right, the first person to find this uh, doomsayer, impatient doomsayer, wins the game. Yes, absolutely. Because they just they just outvalue everyone else that's playing. Right. And that's it's not necessarily the case exactly for Pashmar, but it's so good and it really helps you like tempo. And for some reason, I don't know why this connection happened for me, but like Diablo meta, like the the teching of, okay, I got these spells and I have to use them on this turn in order to kill my lobby on turn four, turn eight or turn 12 or or whatever the case Um and the way that Pashmar gives you, you know, whatever spellcraft from your tavern tier below, and you have to use them in that one turn kind of reminded me of that a little bit. I mean, you do end up having to use them and and they are spellcraft, so you don't get them back the next turn, although you'll get replenished by Pashmar still being on the board. Um, so it kind of it, it feel like they kind of learned a little bit from having the Doomsayer. And like how they determined exactly how he works and where he fits. But it's still definitely powerful to get all of those extra buffs, uh, especially if you can keep keep them permanently with uh, some of the other Naga. So absolutely. Yeah, Pashmar is so, so, so valuable. But speaking of valuable uh, Naga, my personal favorite of the the Naga that have come out is the Wave Rider, and it is a 2-8 Naga on Tavern Tier 4. Uh, spellcraft, give a minion plus one, plus one, and win Fury until next turn. Yeah, I so like, I, I do like this Naga. I, I don't think that it's like the the take. Like, it's it's good. Um, And the, the plus one, plus one is cool. The win Fury is interesting. Um, but it, it definitely needs the support of other Naga to make its effect very useful. Like, you give something plus one, plus one wind fury, just even looking at this unit itself, right? So Siren plays this unit's spellcraft on itself, so it becomes a three nine with wind fury. That's not actually that great. As far as like if it if it's sitting on the board by itself, the unit alone is not all that great. But if you have all the other ones, that's that's where I see it as beneficial, even if absolutely like, even if I just cycle this through, right? So I in that one uh, spot on my board where I cycle minions through and I just pick up the spellcraft for one turn and I give it to, um, one of my bigger, um, lava lurkers that I've, I've been buffing up. I feel like I gain immense value just by hitting it, even though it's not a battle cry, it's kind of like getting that battle cry ability, but in the Naga form. So, um, I see how that can get kind of kind of kind of nutty and kind of synergistic with those Nagas as well. Whereas absolutely um, that benefit doesn't really stick if if you're just giving it to like a mech or something else that came along. No, sure. And like I I said this, but when Naga were first announced, they they seem more like like an army kind of situation to me where they all kind of benefit each other and they they do work. The the more there are, the better they work and they they work well together. They there's a few that seem to work well in like a menagerie situation. But in general, the more variety of Naga you have, the better your board will be because you can throw a divine shield on a minion that you also give wind fury to. You can give these plus one plus one for every Naga stats to this minion as well. And uh, similar to like Diablo meta where you could just pick up like a Hydra because you know 
that a massive cleave with Wind Fury, Divine Shield, and all this attack value for one turn will be very beneficial to you, you could do that right now as well. All right. It, and maybe it's worth taking the loss in stats or loss of power on one of your board slots if it really enables another one of your board slots, at least for a little bit until you find something better. Absolutely. I definitely agree with you. Um, so then we have Eventide Brute, uh, Tavern Tier 4. It's a 5-4 that after you cast a spell, it gains plus one, plus one. I love this minion. I love it so much because... Again, we, we say spells are gems, bananas, coins. These are all spells in addition to spellcraft. So if you have a brute on your board and you have a brand and you start scaling with the uh, the shell collector, every single one of those gold coins is a plus one plus one for your brute. If you're playing like a, like a ground shaker comp even with gems, that's that's scaling for your brute. That's it's a very versatile minion. So, so Guy Grumpy, are you going to be playing some Mukla then with uh, Naga? I don't know. I haven't really been playing a lot of Battlegrounds lately, so uh, I don't really have uh, opinions on these. But you guys are making me excited to try Nagas at least. <laughs> okay. I, I, I wonder if that's even a benefit, right? I mean, we talk about bananas being something that we can use that will trigger this. Would having two bananas be better than giving everybody a banana as well? <laughs> I, I worry about how that balances but i haven't even had a chance to i would be interested in order to try out uh mukla with with naga just to see if if having those extra bananas would benefit me more than it uh benefited my opponents that are also building nagas at the same time i feel like if it were yeah, if, if i were trying to play mukla because i i was offered mukla and then i was like hmm no, uh, but <laughs> I feel like if I were doing it, I would definitely want demons in um, and I would probably like try to triple into a four or like get to four very quickly while also hitting my hero power and just collecting. Um, and then I would want a trickster and then I would just throw all my bananas on at once after I got a brute, assuming that I would get a brute and that would probably just take me to end game. You are you already have like plans plans in place of like how you would. <laughs> so someone needs to try this theory do if I don't get to. <laughs> uh, speaking of powerful abilities too, the Elbound Archer is a four four tavern, tavern tier four Naga that has a spellcraft give a minion plus eight attack until next turn. Yeah, I uh, I like this one. Again, it's one of the ones that I put it in the same like mind space for me as the Wave Rider. It's beneficial. You can cycle it to get the get the use for a turn, um, even for multiple turns, or you can keep it on your board until you can find something better. Uh, it itself doesn't feel too strong to me, but also like just giving attack like that's a it's a large amount of attack. Uh, it's great for a tech turn. You, you need something to, to combat something that your opponent is doing. I actually specifically used it. Um, I, I played a Leaper comp, um, and I had uh, two Naga at the back of my Leaper board that were kind of buffing themselves, and then one of them was the Avenge unit, and as we know, Leaper comp summons a lot of things, so I was getting a lot of value there. And then specifically, every time I got this plus eight attack, I gave it to my Baron to fight a Zap. Oh, wow. Okay, so it's like its ability to like hey you know actually zap won't go after baron exactly his, yeah his attacks too, too high <laughs> yeah i use i used it as a tech nice that's smart 
Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I wouldn't have thought of that. I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna use that in the future for myself. Yeah, absolutely. Heck yeah, I love that. <laughs> um. Uh, so then the next minion, couple of minions we have are actually not Naga. They're other minions that are in the sea. We have the Reef Explorer, which is a tavern tier four minion with. Uh, it's a 3-3, three, three, so 3 attack, 3 health. Uh, with a battle cry, discover a minion from a minion type you don't control. Uh, it's a battle cry. Works great with Bran. Um, every time I see the word battle cry, I think of Bran immediately. Uh, it, but it's it's pretty good. Like, I, I was running a, a kind of menagerie build almost. And it was because we, we did see the reintroduction of the Nightmare Amalgam. Um, so we do have an all typed minion again. So Reef Explorer is really great for digging for battle cries to buff things. Also, if Quillbore are in and you have something that buffs with spells, you can find like a, a bacon. There, there's a lot of use for it. And if you have a brand, it's technically free. Otherwise, it's just good economy. It's a really solid unit, in my opinion. Well, and I, I start to think about things like um, one of my favorite heroes is Wag Toggle. Is that right? Tog Waggle? I, I never know which way to say <laughs> it. Toggle, yes. Egg toggle. Uh, uh, but I, whenever I see her, I'm like, no, take candle, but I will definitely take you. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's she's one of my favorites to play um, just because I feel like there's there's such power in just being able to like mash that hero button every every single turn and to be able to discover uh, a minion that maybe you're you're looking for that specific one especially as you get to tavern tier four um that it could kind of find that answer that you that you that you've been looking for so i like it um it could also not be as beneficial if, if maybe you're not missing anything either so who knows right but I mean, also, like, if it, it, in general, the scope in which you look at minions is economy, right? Like, mm -hmm. this minion only costs two gold, technically, so it's a little bit lower of a risk than most. And and I always think of that, too. Like, it's, is it beneficial just to get that buff? Sometimes it is if that buff is, well, I didn't, it didn't cost me only one, it only cost me one gold to get. So, uh, exactly. You're getting a chance to turn through. If you got Brand going with you, you're 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 happy to to see him come along, even if it just gets you something that doesn't work out in the long run. At least you're not really out anything. So, exactly, yeah. I, I'm a I'm a big fan of economy units and uh, and just the the kind of cost reward aspect of battlegrounds. Excellent. And then we have Leroy the Reckless at Tavern Tier Five. He is a 6-2 with a death rattle. Destroy the minion that this kills. Uh, destroy the minion that killed this. Oh, OK. Sorry. Yeah, I inverted that. That's <laughs> <laughs> destroy the minion that this. It, yeah, it, I mean, clearly, if he killed it, that would have. destroyed. <laughs> it. <laughs> so I didn't mean to correct you. I'm so no, sorry. You're fine. <laughs> An important distinction. <laughs> <laughs> so Leroy, I remember in in kind of uh I wouldn't call it theory crafting, maybe it's theory crafting when everyone kind of thinking about the the new minion type, a lot of people were scared of Leroy. Um and it's basically the the spore, the one one poison came out, Leroy came in. This is good for multiple reasons. Spore um spore could go into a divine shield and 
die and do nothing, Leroy can go into a divine shield and it the divine shield is gone and it's it could be a big unit. Um so Leroy, you can lead if you know that your opponent has drastically outscaled you, you can play Leroy and just kill a very large unit. Um people were worried about uh Pyrospawn. Pyrospawn arguably one of the most important dragon units as it pops divine shields before the dragon is attacking. But Leroy, if you taunt your Leroy and the Pyrospawn kills Leroy, goodbye Pyrospawn, and then that's not useful for your opponent anymore, uh, which is very, very interesting. I think that it's a really cool effect and a really nice tech card. It's also, you can play, like, if you are the person with the big units and you're afraid of Leroy, you can play around it with Zap. Uh, you can run smaller units into it if you know your opponent has it taunted. So Leroy is one heck of a mind game. I, I know I, I played one game where um, I had scaled my Nagas immensely and I was like, uh oh, I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I know that they have a Leroy. I just know it. And uh, I picked up like the, is it the Soul Jailer, the 3 3 from Tavern Tier 2? That's a demon. I was just like, I'm just gonna throw that down. <laughs> and, How'd it go? Oh, it worked out perfectly. Leroy killed, <laughs> killed, killed the taunt. And I was like, Aha. I, I won, that, won, that, won that won that round, but it was just like I, I, it's so weird how the mind games work, where you have to consider that 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 next person you're going to face is going to have Leroy. And like, how do you play around that? What do you do in order to play around that? Or are you the person playing it? And and if so, do you attack with it right away? Is it something that you use taunt with? I mean, it's it's it makes the the end game a little more complex and I like it. Yeah, I think it's a great addition so far. I haven't seen any like super toxic, like, oh, this is the worst or, or anything like that. Like, I, I feel like it's a really awesome addition and it feels a lot better than Spore, in my opinion. Um, you, you can you can zap it if you want it to go away. You can counter it with a smaller unit. I, I think it's such a good card and I really enjoy having it. All right. Now we're back to the Naga. We have the Critter Wrangler. That is a 5-7 with after you cast a spellcraft on a minion, give it plus two, plus two. Um, it, 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 it's good scaling, right? It's giving you that additional buff to your minions. So um, even if you were like trying to transition into like less of a Naga board and into more of a menagerie board. I did that once where I found a cyclone and I had this critter wrangler. So I started playing my spellcraft units on my cyclone and it started scaling pretty quickly. Um, so it's, it's a pretty good card if you want to try to transition out of something or into something. You guys keep saying, uh, scaling, um, and it's Naga. I've been laughing every time, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you didn't get your, your, your joke. <laughs> I, I, I kept thinking that that joke was going to come out somewhere. I didn't realize. <laughs> uh, you know, first with the Twitter and the birds and now the scaling and the Naga, I just I I need a snack or something. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> the the only thing for me is I kind of feel like at Tavern Tier 5, it, like like we've talked about all these other spellcraft is plus two plus two out of grabbing this Tavern Tier 5 minions strong enough. Um, especially when uh, we talk about some of the minions that we're going to talk about in just a moment from Tavern Tier 6. I, I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I'm almost like I'm glad if I see it right away, but I'm not like going out of my way in my end game comp to like snag that one. 
Yeah, it doesn't feel so good. The scaling's not not very. Now I'm very aware of when I say the word scaling. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> like the the scaling is isn't necessarily there per se. Uh, if you are power leveling and triple into a five, it can be pretty good. Uh, but in general, yeah, not not the most effective unit unless you're you're creating a board transition. Then it is pretty helpful, I must say. Like I did find it very helpful when I was doing that. Okay. Um, speaking of helpful units, we have the corrupted Myrmidon, which is a starts off as a two-two on Tavern Tier Five, but at the start of combat, you double this minion's stats. Um, I haven't seen this one in play as much as I thought I would. I really thought this would be much, much stronger. Uh, it, I think one of the, the drawbacks of it is that, you know, you have the spellcraft spells that go on this unit and it's great for a turn. It's, it's really strong for a turn, but then it goes back to a 2-2 and you're starting all over again. And you can choose to like dump all your spellcraft again into this Corrupted Myrmidon every single turn. But it, that until you get another like permanent scaling on this unit, it's not super, super helpful. Yeah, I almost feel like it would be better if it was in, say, like a menagerie comp where we have Light Fang Enforcer giving it buffs every turn. Um, if you're able to, like, kind of get that combination going. Other than yeah, that, definitely. I, I don't know if, if in just a pure Naga build, if that's like the Naga I want to hold on to. Yeah, it's not it's not the worst thing. I won't say it's the worst thing, but I won't say it's the best thing. It's it is a thing and it exists and it's it's okay. Okay. Speaking of things that exist, we have the glow scale, which is a <laughs> It's like on Wheel of Fortune. It's like a thing to do and Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, I'm crying because I'm laughing so hard at myself. <laughs> it was a great segue. <laughs> I'm laughing at how much you're laughing at yourself. Oh, it's so bad. It's contagious for sure. <laughs> uh, Guy Grumpy, do you want to take this one? Uh, so Glow Scale is a tier five taunt uh, Naga, uh, four, six uh, stats with Spellcraft. Give a minion Divine Shield until next turn. Definitely an endgame Naga. This one is so important to a comp. That Divine Shield is so, so necessary. Um, there are situations where your opponent can ghoul you and kill your board because it, that's a thing that kills Divine Shields. But like, this is such an important Naga. And ghoul is not seeing nearly as much play nowadays because most people are playing Divine Shields and they don't want to ruin their own Divine Shields. So this is quite mm -hmm. important to have. Um, I, I especially like it when uh, you can start giving it to other minions too, especially the ones that you've scaled. So it works really well in conjunction with that Storm Scale Siren. It's a really powerful um, minion to get on that Tavern Tier 5. Absolutely. I, and I think Tavern Tier 5 is very appropriate. It's, it's closer to endgame. Um, it's not necessarily like you're not going to find it early enough that it's just absolutely someone's finding Divine Shields and no one else is and they're just wrecking uh, so it's it's really good in that way. And then if you have multiple lava lurkers that you've built up to this point, you can throw those divine shields on those. They're permanent. And then you can continue to build more and more of a divine shield board. And it's a great counter for Leroy as well, because it's so late game. So chances are that your glow scale is not going to be as large of a unit as your other units. So it's a taunt. It'll pull Leroy. That's a great hit for Leroy. It's, yeah, I, I feel like it's it's perfect perfect for exactly countering what you find on on Tavern Tier Five as well. So it's great there. But we've been hinting at this next uh, Naga minion for quite some time, 
And the one that everybody's talking about is Tide Mistress Athesa. It's Tavern Tier 6, and it's a 7-8. After you cast a spell, give four friendly Nagas, plus one, plus one. So incredibly strong. Like, literally get to six as soon as you can, find Athesa, and win the game is kind of more or less the vibe. And it's a great combo with Stormscale Siren. It is important to note, though, um, anything that plays blood gems for you, so like a Necrolite, uh, another tier six we're going to talk about in a second, Dark Gaze, Charlie, or Charlga, pardon me, um, all of these units that play blood gems on other minions without you actively playing a blood gem does not proc the uh, the effect of casting a spell. So it's only from your hand? Is, it, it's is... only from your hand or the Siren. The Siren oh, okay. does proc. All right. So that's that's a very important thing to note, because I feel like it, it is definitely something that that people could miss because they're like, oh, my gosh, wait, these blood gems getting played at the end of my turn or these blood gems getting played every four gold is huge, but it actually doesn't proc there. So just make sure that you, you keep a note of that. Um, but this is so incredibly strong. If you play blood gems from hand, you could easily if you don't even have that many spellcraft, but you just like cycle sun bacons and things like that or cycle shell collectors and just get that gold like that's still a spell that you can cast that will buff your board and then the storm scale siren just kind of finishes the job puts a little cherry on top of the ice cream cone like beautiful now now i want ice cream yeah i don't know why i went to ice cream <laughs> cone i think it's cherry on top of the cake i don't actually know the saying but i was rolling with it so we'll roll on to the next one orgoza the tender which is a not a Naga, but it finds Nagas because it's a 5-9 with the spellcraft Discover a Naga. Yeah, I think it's very important to note again, this is like these are very minuscule little details that can easily be missed. This is this is not a Naga like that is something that that some people didn't notice. And this won't get buffed alongside all of the rest of your Naga, but it will find you Naga, which is a really great economy unit, great tempo. It could find you your triples. It, like the fact that you get to discover and it doesn't just come to your hand is so incredibly important. However, I did talk about earlier accidentally tripling that lava lurker that you worked so hard on. This is how you would do that if you played the Orgozoa and then you had the Stormscale Siren because at the end of your turn, since it, it does discover a Naga, it will just come to your hand. Yeah, it'll just pick one at random from the three. Yep. It won't actually like give you a chance to like make that choice. Correct, which is great economy. But if you're worried about tripling something, you may accidentally do that. All right. Well, that's good to know if in case you do get to that kind of board state. Dark Gaze Elder is a Tavern Tier 6 Quill Bore. That is a 6-7. After you spend four gold, play a Blood Gem on four friendly Quill Bore. Kind of very reminiscent of uh, Tide Mistress Athesa. Yeah, this uh, I really so this replaced our flat tusk, uh, which actually gave you a gem to your hand every four gold. And we see the reason why, because the uh, the scaling with Athesa would just be really disgusting. So instead, it gives you more economy in terms of plus four, plus four every four gold instead of just plus one, plus one every four gold. Um, but if you play this with Agamagon on your board, you're getting pretty significant scaling pretty quickly. And you can also run this with like, if you wanted to run a Menagerie comp, you could run it with Agam. Uh, if you wanted to run it with a Ground Shaker comp, you could do that as well, um, which I believe I have done. And it was actually so beneficial. Um, 
it's a it's a very powerful unit and I know I feel like people have kind of I think this is a sleeper I feel like people have kind of overlooked this unit I think it's great I I think a lot of people are so focused on trying to get the Nagas first that they don't realize the power of uh, some of the other minions that have been added in as well Absolutely. Yeah. No, this is a sleeper. Like people are going to start playing this and realizing how strong it is. You have two of these on your board. You have Charlie on your board. You have uh, triple Agamagon on your board. You're scaling tremendously every turn. Excellent. Excellent. And then we have Manted Queen, which is a tavern tier six minion with five, five with poisonous. And at the start of combat for each minion type, it gains plus five, plus five. Wind Fury, Divine Shield, or Taunt. There's no surprise that this is replacing Amalgadon. Uh, rest in peace, Amalgadon. Gone too soon. Um, I, I I miss my Amalgadons, but I understand why they had to go. I, I get it. They were they were definitely not conducive to the best end of game board state. Uh, this is a very heavy RNG minion, right? You you don't get to pick what happens, and the, you can't impact it by Baron. You can't impact it by Bran. There's no way that you can create a situation where this you can control what happens to this minion so you're playing it on the board you're saying uh, like you're just saying let's just do this let's find out what's going to happen and you get the adapts that you get so sometimes you get divine shield and taunt and it's already poisonous i like that it begins poisonous because you don't have to worry about trying to find that adapt because that would feel very terrible if you didn't hit with the, the stats that it's at but it's a it's a very rng heavy unit but it is nice that it, it kind of is an end game resolve for those uh menagerie comps so it, it does benefit from having multiple different types but you can still benefit from just even having it as filling that final board slot just because that's the last thing you found as you were cycling your minions through so i, I, I kind of like it in both aspects it's great for that end end game content but it's all for menagerie but it's also great just as a single unit too Definitely. And it's it's a if if you are in the situation we were talking about where your opponents have drastically outscaled you like an endgame board could look like two Manted Queens, two Leroy's and then whatever else units you can get to get some adapts like that could literally be your endgame. That could uh, at least <laughs> at least help you if, if you just didn't manage to find the comp that you were looking for as you were making your way along. I know I sometimes get to that point where I'm just like, I don't even know what comp I'm doing. Oh, I think we <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there yeah. <laughs> yeah this is a it's a really really great unit and it's a it's a great tech and if you can't find a comp then you you double hero you double manted queen you throw whatever other units on there and you hope that you can get to top four <laughs> yeah. well speaking of finding comps that you would want uh here's one that helps another end game comp and that is young Murkai, which is a tavern tier six Eight five Murloc with at the end of your turn, adjacent Murlocs trigger their battle cries. Let's also make a note really quick here that Brand does proc on this end of turn. So if you have a Brand present on your board, the battle cries trigger twice. Nice. And with the golden version, they trigger four times. So uh, wow. you could easily throw some primal fins on either side of this Murkai. You can. It depends on what your 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 goal is. But if you're just starting, like. I found a Murkai very late game. I wasn't, I didn't really have a comp until maybe turn eight, uh, but I found a Primal Fin, I found a Murkai, and I was able to build a board in maybe like three or four turns. Excellent. Especially if you have Bran ready to go. I mean, I feel like you could Bran a Primal Fin and then all of a sudden you're at young Murkai and going, oh, sweet, 
I've, I've got it figured out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's it. It's, it's a nice feeling to be able to find that like late game Murloc that can scale so well. And we're seeing like Murloc pretty much do very well into Naga so far because of the amount of scaling that can happen very quickly. Nice. Well, those are all the new minions that we've had added in, but we have had some minions removed and some that have returned. Um, and speaking of removed, we have Champion of Yassarge, Deadly Spore, Amalgadon, Seafood Slinger, and Captain Flat Tusk have been removed. We talked about a few of those already. Yeah, uh, Seafood Slinger was was a really fun card for me. I really enjoyed it. Amalgadon, obviously, I, I had a deep love for Amalgadon. I think Spore into Leroy is a really positive change. Um, and I really like Dark Gaze as well. So Dark Gaze into Flat Tusk is a positive change as well. I just I was a, a big fan of the the comp that everyone did not like with the brand and the Amalgadons and the poison and the nonsense. So Amalgadon and Seafood Slinger, I, I wish they were not gone. But it does get, it does change up the end game a little bit. It, I, f- I feel like sometimes you would get a little little same same Z with with now everybody at the end game is just going for Amalgadons. Yes, as many Amalgadons absolutely. as possible. <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's drastically changed end game. End game is, is I think I think all of us are still trying to fully figure out what some end games look like. Like we have we have a good idea of, of what strong units should end on your board and what shouldn't, especially with the Naga, you know, navigating those waters. But oh, navigating those waters. Oh, my gosh, I am full <laughs> of puns today. Oh, oh. <laughs> that was an accident. Oh, you, you know what? Uh, you, there's plenty of fish in the sea, but when it comes to jokes, <laughs> the ones that you come across as you're just swimming along, those are the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, what was I even talking about? Oh, Endgame. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like Endgame is, is... We're still figuring out like a really solid Endgame. I'm sure there's going to come a point where things look kind of similar, but for now... Uh, everyone's learning Naga and uh, in two weeks, well, technically like a week and a half now, Naga will be rotating uh, with the rest of the minions as well, which I'm still having to adjust to figuring out what four minions are out and then like thinking really hard about what implications that has, uh, but excited for Naga to start rotating as well. It definitely adds a little little more complexity to, to it with uh, the fact that all those minion types are available. I feel like if they introduce another minion type, are they still going to keep the complexity? Or are they going to say, you know what, it's time for, you know, Max to retire? Or, I don't know. I feel like five in, five out would just be way too much to think about, at least for me. But maybe that's a me thing. But I, I that feels like a lot. And it, the amount of time you have to, in hero pick, like I have to think about, OK, so dragons are out, so people won't be playing this. And then mechs are out, beasts are out. Uh, you know, I, all of these thoughts are going through my head during every hero selection. So that's something that that would definitely not be fun with five minion types out. Yeah, I think also you're asking players to remember a lot of cards all at one time. Like, yeah. like there's a, a limit to how many things I can learn. And especially as a new player, like as a new player, then I'm like, that's a lot to remember. That's very true. Even for myself, like when standard refreshes and it, and it changes, I'm actually sometimes glad that the cards leave. But there's a big transition period where it takes me a moment to remember, OK, that left. OK, this is still in. 
and it, it it's a learning process to to regain that that ability of of these are the things which is what's great about battlegrounds when they introduce the the new minion type they make it the mainstay minion type it gets you a chance to to learn those minions right away and then when it comes time for them to rotate and and rotate through the normal rotation you don't feel like i didn't even get a chance to see that minion yet or learn it yet right so um, I'm glad that they they introduce them the way that they do, but at the same time, I think there becomes a capacity limit on how much I can really <laughs> store. Right, that's fair, and I, I think that it's it's good to like with the two weeks. I think two weeks is is plenty of time for both casual players and also uh, like professional players to get very acquainted in in the capacity that you want to get acquainted with the minion type. Like if you're a casual player, you play like two to three games of battlegrounds a day. I don't actually, I, I feel like that's a casual amount of battlegrounds. Maybe it's less than that. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I clearly play a lot of battlegrounds, but uh, if you play like a couple battlegrounds a day, like that's enough to be like, okay, I kind of understand this. This is kind of fun. And then as uh, someone that, that plays, you know, like eight hours a day or, or seven hours a day, you, you're you're very acquainted and you're able to learn enough that you can kind of convey that knowledge. At that point, that's when you're learning the strategies and how to really exploit them too. I, Absolutely. I, so I, I, you can see the difference between casual and the, the, the avid player. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then we also had the return of Nightmare Amalgam and Bristleback Knight. Yes, uh, Nightmare Amalgam is a, a great. I, I really like that even though Amalgadon had to go, I like that there was like an all minion type. Um, I've been trying to make like, kind of, I, I call it a brandagerie. It's that's not like a thing, but I, that's what I like to call it. Uh, it's like the brand has this really nice synergy with the mug and the jug where you can, you know, buff three minions at once. Um, so I try to run like a three minion menagerie or brandagerie and the nightmare amalgam has been really conducive for that because it's on tier three. It's easy to find and you can easily there's there's a lot of buffs that you can find, especially if you start getting the um, reef explorer and finding battle cries or even just finding more things that you want to fill out your comp. It's it's a really nice time, I think. You can even get those magnetic abilities from the mechs and then start getting benefits later in late Absolutely. game with, with uh, pirates where you get some of those attacks going. Yeah, super, super diverse minion type. Really fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's not gone um, or that amalgams are not completely gone from the game. Granted, the Amalgadon has has bid us adieu yeah and the the bristleback knight coming back too is is a really nice inclusion especially with that dark gaze like the combination of the bristleback knight with the dark gaze buffs is really really nice even that like you're looking at tier five tier six comp right between bristleback knight um agamagon uh the dark gaze like all of these higher level um quill borer synergies and the Bristleback Knights, that nice Wind Fury edition, and I really love it. Nice. They have given armor tier updates as well. We'll include links for the patch notes, so that way you can see each uh, tier differentiation for each hero. Realize that those updates probably will even see another update as, you know, the meta kind of gets itself settled after the rotation of Naga being the mainstay choice. Yeah, definitely. They, we're we're going to be seeing nerfs and buffs, I'm sure, very shortly. And so with this patch, we also got some updates for mercenaries. Um, 
Vanessa Van Cleef, Leroy Jenkins, and their perspective portraits are now available through normal means of obtaining mercenaries. There's a fatigue system that has been added to the fighting pit. Uh, now, after 10 turns of combat, all characters will be in fatigue and take double damage, which means uh, four times damage for critical hits. The refresh keyword has been updated. Instead of fully finishing a cooldown on an ability, refresh will now be written as refresh X and reduce the cooldown of an ability by that amount. Completing all bounties in the Winter Spring zone will now unlock the first bounty in each subsequent zone. And there's a new limited time event, which the old god Nazoth's influence will seep into mercenaries in a new limited time event. The event consists of 10 special tasks centered around Nazoth. Two new event tasks can be unlocked on each of the first five days of the event, but you have until patch 23.4 to complete all 10 tasks. Completing all 10 tasks will award you with the base Nazoth mercenary, a random golden Nazoth portrait, the Nazoth diamond portrait, and over 750 total mercenaries coins. For the first time ever, Toki will be re- will return to her regularly scheduled daily tasks the day after you complete all 10 event tasks, even if the event period isn't over yet. Be careful. Nazoth's whispers have driven many a merc into madness. You will not You will need not just your wits, but also your strongest human dwarves, elves, and especially your murlocs to take this event down. Do you play uh, any mercenaries this way? I played for like a week, um, (laughs) and then I just could not keep up with the amount of game modes, but it it looks like a really fun time. Yeah, I I, I, I totally agree with your assessment. (laughs) Yeah, I got really involved with it, and I maxed out a bunch of mercs, and then they came out with... (laughs) the subsequent next uh expansion for standard and i was like well that was fun and moved on (laughs) (laughs) yeah my first love will always be standard so like i i could not i just can't keep up yeah and it's just hard i I feel like anytime I, i i get excited to return back i i i go back i start doing the things and then all of a sudden i'm like this is a lot of work (laughs) (laughs) i i yeah makes sense then i'm like um okay now back to playing some battlegrounds instead or something (laughs) i feel like it's it's definitely a mode that uh you can be casual in it but if you really want to play you end up playing it as a mainstay mode so i agree and we also will see the return of the Heroic Brawlzeum, um, which will be on May 18th. For the for a week, the Tavern Brawl will switch over to the Heroic Brawlzeum, which you can lock in your best standard deck and compete for big prizes. The competition will be fierce, but top competitors will get greatly rewarded with 12 wins, getting you 50 packs, about 11,000 dust, 11,000 gold, and three golden legendaries. Wild. I have a soft spot in my heart for the heroic Brawlicium or Brawlicium. Um, <laughs> because I was, this is one that I was uh, on the Blizzard uh, uh, splash page. Uh, so always have interest in this one. That's awesome. Are you going to do it this time? Gives me something to spell gold on. Uh, I, I don't think I'm going to get the invite this time, no. Oh, I mean, just like play it? Oh, yeah, for sure. We'll play yeah. it on stream a couple of times uh, before it goes away. 
Oh, I, yeah. I, 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 I still remember the last time. It was such a fun, fun time having everybody that that came along and helped you out too, because we had people from from different classes coming along and and just trying to to you know help strategize and make the best choices and it it was just a lot mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun i had a blast hanging out cuz i was moderating in in your in guy grumpy's channel forum at the time so it was a blast oh that's awesome yeah it was a it was a fun time that last brawlicium and i'm i i might play this time around i don't feel confident enough to be able to get to that like i think i at most last year i got to like 9 or 10 wins which isn't mm-hmm. bad I, I, I think, think the most I did was 10. And and I know I, I myself, uh, I wanted to, but I was a little too hesitant <laughs> on putting that much into it. And I held back and I probably should have because at the time, Leap Room was like really the thing. And I being part of creating that, I could have definitely taken it to 12 wins. I know Funky Monkey took it to 12 wins as well. So, um. <laughs> so you think Dragon Pally will do the same for you? Um, it could. I, I think this time around, I'm definitely going to give it a try. But if I was to pick a paladin deck right now, I probably would go with uh, the hand buff paladin because that one's actually really strong right now. Oh, I love that one. Uh, but, you know, we'll 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 have to see. I might even throw dragon paladin in there, too. I'll give it a couple different tries. Um, But speaking of uh, other new features, we also have. In the shop, we'll have access to uh, golden mini sets available for uh, Wailing Caverns and Deadmine mini sets. Those are going to be available in the client, so you can feel free to pick up the normal or gold versions, uh, just like uh, Anixian's Lair was available in the normal and gold versions. There are a ton of bug fixes and there's still even more bug fixes that they're working on. And additionally, we now have three new features being added in, which includes the upgrade to golden feature, which allows you to take cards that you currently have. And rather than disenchanting them, you will get their current uh, dust value and be able to use that to get the upgraded dust value uh, or the upgraded version of them. So rather than say, if you wanted to get a um, golden version of a legendary card, you would normally need 3,200 dust. You can now just use 1,600 dust to make that upgrade because the original dust value is actually added in for the current card that you have. I love this. I think that's awesome. I have like, I'll, I'll dust my golden cards when I have to because I'll need some, to craft something that's not golden because... I'll get more economy from it, but now I can bring them back. They can be golden again. And you know me, I love the gold cards too. So both of those mini sets uh, were were easy purchases for me. Um, <laughs> and the the change to the dust value makes me glad that I've been saving mine up for a little while, so I have a you know moderate amount of dust. Just just a moderate amount of dust. Just a, a minor a minor quantity a spendable of dust. dust. Just. Just, you know, the amount that normal people have, right? Yeah, not, just not a, a little bit. Just just a, not a million <laughs> dust on your button, is it? Uh, no, way past that long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. A little bit of dust for, for Guy Grumpy. 
but I, I'm I personally actually have gone in and I upgraded uh, the Leviathan and also Mutinous myself. So I use the upgrade Mm -hmm. feature too. And I was definitely glad to see that added in because I know for myself, when it comes to those Paladin decks, that's that's my main focus. So um, being able to upgrade uh, my cards in in and not lose that value on dusting the the normal version. Oh, Mm -hmm. it it just feels good because now I definitely take I, I I'm more likely to to go ahead and turn things gold. Me too, definitely. I just yeah, big fan of golden mutinous with the, with the eyeballs going in different directions. Yeah, oh <laughs> yeah. To, right? <laughs> I mean, there's there's benefits to having them uh, upgraded because you get to see all the the fun interactions and how how they've animated them. So I love it. Now you can also share deck codes in chat, which is something that you couldn't do before. You can actually just send it to them from your clipboard and it appears as an easy clickable link that they can add into their own deck list on the client. I think that's so good because sometimes you would like add someone to be like, hey, what? I mean, sometimes I I won't accept friend requests because, you know, people are scary sometimes. But sometimes people are nice and they're like, hey, what were you playing? And instead of like having to like add them on Discord or figure out how to send a deck code and do all the the finagling, you can literally just send it to them now. Yeah, I, I love it because oftentimes I'm building my own decks and people are will friend me and just ask me and say, hey, I saw you were playing Quest Paladin. Uh, I haven't seen anyone play that. What is the deck code and what's all in the, in your deck? And I can now, instead of having to piecemeal out <laughs> or right. figure a way to, to link it, I can just send it directly. It's it, it, it's it's amazing that that now this is included into the client. It's, it's a great improvement. Totally agree. And also we get to select our favorite of multiple card backs, which allows us to instead of not only having the random feature where you can select all of them, which you could still do if you wanted to, um, you can select the ones that you absolutely enjoy so that you get to see those pop up randomly when you play your your uh, favorite decks. I personally love all of the food decks, like literally all of them are all food card backs. So I will. They're they're just all my favorite. Now I can rotate and see all of the food card backs. Big fan. So now you have sushi, pizza, cupcakes, pie. I'm trying to think what the other ones are. There's a bunch of them. There's <laughs> so know. many. I'm living my best life. You don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I know for myself, I went through and I picked all of the ones that like move or are animated because I like the just the fact that the card backs can like distract me a little bit. And then I, of course, selected like a few of them to throw in that were just, you know, different or random as well. And that wraps up the features there. We did get just as we were about to start recording. There is an update to Arena. Arena. That's a big change. Um, We don't usually see too many updates in Arena. So we want to make sure that we highlighted those. And along with some uh, major bug fixes, if you've been dealing with Nelly or Call to the Grave or Nine Lives not working correctly, those fixes are going to come in with a server-side hot patch fix, which is 23.2.1. And But with that, there are some Arena adjustments, which will, will micro-adjust the appearance frequency of... St- certain class cards, some overperforming neutral cards, 
have had their appearance frequency reduced as well. Additionally, the following cards will no longer be able to be drafted. Acid Maw, Amgam Rager, Wolf Ramshield, Eerie Statue, Evolved Cobalt, Frozen Mammoth, Helmet Hermit, Horn of Rathion, Lock and Load, Nat the Dark Fisher, Naval Mine, Package Runner, Power Word Glory, and Silthalid Swarmer. And with that, there was a developer comment. This arena season, the gulf between the best and worst performing classes has been particularly wide. To bring class win rates into an acceptable range, we are using a new form of card appearance frequency balancing. This method is still under development, but the team is rolling out a version now to address immediate issues. This method is a work in progress, and more adjustments will follow if this round fails falls short of our goals. Additionally, we are removing some weak cards and low-performing synergy cards from Arena. We hope these changes will reduce the number of draft picks with no good options. Long term, we want to we want build around cards and synergy decks to to be viable strategies, but we need an arena environment designed to support that goal. The team is exploring options now. This is the start of a new era of arena. Going forward, the team is committed to a planned balance update shortly after each Hearthstone content patch, plus additional balance updates as needed. Which is a big deal. Arena, oftentimes, I feel like has been kind of held to the side if there was something that was wrong or, or there was a card card that was extremely overpowered it would take quite some time before they even touched it at all yeah i know that the uh pros are the ones that do it the most are really excited about these changes they've been asking for something to happen for the balance for a long time and this is a pretty significant number of cards that have changed at least frequency wise uh, that should make it a more balanced game mode i know for, for myself i'm excited and in fact these types of changes probably will make me want to play it a little bit more. Cause I think probably the reason I held back is I just didn't know which was the powerful strategy. And it almost seems like now it's a little going to be a little more obvious as, as you make way into the arena. Yeah. I still will, when building decks, will uh, kind of have something up that helps me pick uh, appropriately. Uh, but like, like you said, I'm not, I don't play it a whole lot. Usually it's just a, a couple times um, where, where I leave one open uh, when a set ch- re, uh, set changes or something like that, you get a free ticket. So you kind of live off of the same ticket for a while. Oh, I, I get that too. I, I do that with uh, some of my duels runs where I'll set up a heroic duels with my uh, arena ticket because the tickets kind of work everywhere. And uh, that way I'm I'm set up to get it back. And I get to play the mode in Heroic, which I don't normally do. Right. Uh, Duels has definitely uh, been my favorite lately. Just having the cr- multiple classes uh, cards or as heroes, it's so much fun. You can play with more than one Colossal in your deck. It's, it's just great right now. <laughs> Excellent. So that brings us to the card of the week. <laughs> card of the week. This is something I'm really looking forward to. Noodle has been... Dropping some hints that it's a really good one. So we'll just have to set him up for uh, how awesome this is going to (laughs) be. I'm ready. So what's the card? Okay, so the the card that I have uh, that I'm going to enjoy singing about, I kind of hinted at it already, is actually uh, Wave Rider. It's my favorite from the Battlegrounds. And so I I figured I would sing a song that um, embodies that. So... uh, Without further ado, let me get my uh, singing voice on. Meow, 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 meow. Oh, 
Sorry, cat got my tongue. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry. I had to do that. I used to oh. I used to make Sway play a song that was all all, all, oh all meow. So uh <laughs> I forgot about that till right now. Oh my god. Buried your trauma, huh? Oh my gosh. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, so actually the song is, is excellent. And I feel like you are going to, uh, really enjoy it as it's based off of blink 182s, all the small things, except for it's all the mer things. And when we get to the end part, feel free to join in if you want. Okay. <laughs> all right. All the mer things, the spells they bring. I'll take Wave Rider, he'll sink your ship. Naga, they know how to go with the flow. Floating, waiting, spellcasterating. Say it ain't so, I will not go. Turn the buddies off, the Nagas carry me home. Na 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 Naga na 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 Amazing, amazing! Oh my gosh, that was so good. I'm smiling so hard right now. <laughs> yeah, that that was worth the wait. Thanks, Noodle. That's great. Uh, the oh. Naga, the na 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 Naga, so good, so good. I, I'm I'm uh, not gonna lie. I worked really hard on that song. It was great. It shows. It shows. It was really great. <laughs> and I was inspired. I mean, I know that Sway, you like that kind of genre of music, so uh, decided to kind of link it in there too. Oh, I appreciate that. Oh my gosh, that was that was beautiful. I'm so <laughs> glad that that happened. <laughs> we got two songs. That's great. <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, that let's never do the meow thing. Let's just not ever. I I fully <laughs> forgot about that. Completely forgot about that till you did that, and even then it didn't register until you like said something, and I was like, no, triggered, yeah. <laughs> so triggered. Uh, it's back back when she when Sway used to do song requests on her stream. It would be like, okay, do this song, this song, this song. Okay, cat song. It was like literal cat jam. <laughs> I, I, it was, they were, honestly, they were not the, like, I didn't know what to expect. And then after the first one, then I knew what to expect, but I, it was a, it was an experience. It was a time and place. <laughs> uh, Is that why but... you turned off the song requests? <laughs> I, I i wish i could say yes so i'm gonna say yes but it had to do with like, me getting like an xlr setup and not knowing how to how to make my sound come through my internet anymore but we'll just say oh. it's because of that because of noodle <laughs> all my fault well noodle's fault we do appreciate you being on any final thoughts way as we make our way out towards the end of this stream uh, I mean, I, I had so much fun. Thanks for having me. Um, 
I really love the Naga. I'm having a lot of fun in, in the meta right now. It takes me like two days to really settle into the meta. So like as of yesterday, I was really kind of thriving and, and instead of surviving, I was thoroughly enjoying myself. Uh, but if you ever want to come watch my stream and want to come find me, I stream every Wednesday through Sunday at 5 p.m. Central Time at twitch.tv backslash sway underscore bay. The underscore is important. It's not really important, but like sway bay together just didn't make a lot of sense to me when I made my account. So it's sway underscore bay. I'm also on all the things, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, the stuff. So okay. you can find me anywhere there, too. And we'll make sure to include those links in the show notes. Thank you. And thanks again for having me. I missed talking to you guys. Uh, I have such a fond memory, actually, of meeting Guy Grumpy for the first time at BlizzCon in 2019 uh, with mm -hmm. our friend Chuckmate. And I like I, I don't even think I I had talked to you prior, had I? Like, I think we met I there. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I like Guy Grumpy has become such a good friend to me. Noodle, you've been such a good friend to me as well. It's been really just a, a pleasure catching up with y'all and being on with you. So thank you again for having me. Uh, it's it's been a blast having you. I mean, being able to have somebody that has a little more insight for the battlegrounds uh, changes and features, and giving us ideas about what to do going forward is is incredibly helpful. And this reminds me that we need to check in more often. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to hear your voice again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sway. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. It was fun. It was so fun. Yeah. Thanks for coming and joining us. I will. Uh, I'll check in with y'all in a bit. Thanks. Much love. Much love. Much love. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I wanted to take a moment to remind you that you are the Happy Hearthstone. This podcast exists for you and is sustained by you. There are so many great ways to support what we're doing, and I'd ask that you consider supporting in some ways that you can. Our Patreon is the best place to support the show financially, and I'm incredibly thankful for each of those folks who have jumped on support us this way. If you'd like to join, head over to patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone to see uh, the cool perks available and offer suggestions if there's some things that you'd particularly like to see. Another way to support is reviewing the episodes of your favorite podcast apps. I'd love to get some updated reviews so that when people search for Hearthstone podcast, they have something recent to refer to. And finally, if you can support the show by reaching out and being a part of it, if you have a topic that you'd like to talk about, a deck that you want to show off, or even just want to geek out about your favorite card game, Reach out to me via email or DM with your interest in being, being part of the show. I'd love to have you on. And you don't need to be an expert. Uh, we're really more of a casual um, podcast, and we would love to have anybody uh, share their joys with us. Thanks again, and much love, everyone.